Can you touch your toes? Or maybe the better question is, when was the last time you tried? This is Josh Drama with Novant Health Healthy Headlines, and after recently embarrassing myself in an office contest, I realized I'm not as flexible as I once was. But why does it matter? Here with me to discuss how flexibility has a direct correlation with sports performance is Matt Fortune, a sports performance trainer at Novant Health. Stick around to hear plenty of tips on how you can gain speed, add strength, and improve your workouts. Why is being able to touch your toes important? Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, so this really came to me about two, three years ago. I took a course, uh, Functional Movement Systems. Gray Cook, really smart PT. He was kind of the guru back in the 90s when a D1 athlete was constantly getting injured and they couldn't figure out why, he'd go and see them. Um, and he tells a really good story about, he had this really elite uh, track athlete. Um, he was getting uh, chronic like hamstring strains. And eventually during his training, he actually ruptured his glute and couldn't run anymore um, in his career. And he was, you know, three-time national athlete, you know, cream of the crop. That's mm -hmm. what they kind of put their hat on, you right. know, type deal. And so they're in the meeting, they got the orthodox who did a surgery on him before, they got the athlete trainers who, you know, doing the rehab, got strength and conditioning coach all in the room, and they're all pointing fingers, yelling at each other, saying, you know, you should have been there after surgery, you should have took care of rehab, you should have not trained him this way. And Gray Cook was in there and said, well, did anyone look at his ankle mobility? And they're all like, no, what does that have to do? It's, it's his hip that is it. He was limiting ankle mobility, so every time he was doing his incline run on treadmill, he had to change how his hip was moving. And at super fast speeds, at thousands of steps, you know, throughout the week, eventually that tendon just ruptured. So a lot of times in rehab and in sports performance, you look at, hey, you might have pain or have a, a limitation here, but that might not necessarily be where the cause is. It's somewhere else in the body. So that's kind of where the touching the toes concept comes from. So we're looking at trying to improve your performance. We have to look at your weak points, right? So if you're limited in your mobility, there's, that's a bad foundation. So then what's, what's the point of building a good house on something that's not stable to begin with? I've worked with several athletes. Uh, one in particular who this really falls into is uh, a triathlon athlete, does Ironmans, um, really ultra-endurance events. And he's ran in college, swam in college. Um, you know, it wasn't more just a hobby. That's really what he enjoyed doing. I mean, he did well, but he couldn't touch his toes. Right, so when I first seen him, I said, "Okay, we need to work on this." He's like, "Well, no, I need to get stronger. I need to get faster. Yeah, you know, I need to." You know, I'm like, "Yeah, but until you can touch your toes, you're not going to get stronger or faster." So, what did he say? Um, he's like, "Well, I've never been able to touch my toes." He's like, "I might touch my toes maybe in high school," and he's 40 years old at this point, right? So he's, to him, he thought that's just part of his natural ability, right? You know, right. My body's not designed to touch my toes. Um, versus seeing, okay, there's some things that we can do to actually get you to do that, and then once we did that his performance just went through the roof. I mean, he's shaving almost hours off of his times with stuff now. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's part of the natural process, too, if you're just kind of working out. One, especially if you don't have goals. Um, if you're just working out to work out or, hey, I want to be healthy or I don't want to be fat, so I'll work out, um, which I get a lot of that times, too. So it's about trying to figure out well, what are you trying to get better at, you know? Um, and usually when you have something that you can uh, guide or direct your training towards, then it's a lot easier to break through those plateaus. But if you're just going to go and you don't have any direction, then do you really know if you are plateauing or not? Um, so 
to not get too sciencey or boring, really for, for advice for those who are kind of in that boat, the beginner um, should probably double their bench or squat uh, weight when you first start off. So whatever you did when you first went to the gym that very first time, a year from there you should be able to do double what you did. And then the second year should be double of that. So about three years you should be able to double your strength. After that point, then you've kind of tapped into your genetic ability, your, wow. your nerve stuff. So then at that point, now you're, now you're actually plateauing yeah. to really have to tweak and design what you're willing to do to get beyond that. I'm lifting the same weight that I was five years ago. Yeah. And that's pretty common to see, right? That's kind of one question I ask. So if you haven't even put five pounds on the bar, I mean, what are you doing? You know, that's kind yeah. of the question I ask folks. Um, but the... But what's easy is we can simplify that. So one way to look at your training is your volume. And that's usually what I do with anyone, regardless if it's just a, just a recreational lifter or someone who's actually an athlete trying to compete in an event, is we have to hit landmarks of volume. And I usually measure that by the number of sets you do per muscle group. Um, the average person, so just keeping it in general, should be performing anywhere between 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week. That doesn't mean all at the same time, you know, if you did, you know, three sets of squat, that's three sets of, of your legs, right? And then maybe you did, you know, two sets of leg press, right? Now you've done five sets already for your legs in that one workout. So if you did legs twice that week, you're kind of hitting the minimum, the 10. Um, so if you did another leg workout or add another leg exercise, too, it's easy to kind of grow that volume. Um, so Dr. Mike Isertel's kind of coined these landmark terms, um, one is minimum effective volume. So what's the least you have to do to make progress? Um, and a lot of people kind of think, well, I want to get the most benefit. Well, there is a, a value to knowing, well, what's the least you can do to get benefit? Um, and then on the other side of that spectrum is your maximum recovery volume. So what's the most you can do each week and still be able to perform that same level next week? Mm -hmm. All right, because if you do too much, you get wrecked, too sore. I get that a lot. Beginners, hey, they go gun-ho, haven't worked out. January, you're around the corner. Let me get this, you know, beach body ready. So let me hit this huge high volume Instagram workout that I just downloaded. And then they can't move for five days, right? Um, so they've reached that and felt what that maximum recovery volume feels like. And then in between there is that sweet spot. And we call that your maximum adaptation um, volume or landmark. So that means you're doing enough to get the most growth. And then anything beyond that does give you some growth, but those returns and that effort's not as valuable as it was on those earlier sets, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so I keep it that simple. And I start really light, and then I, each week I just progress and grow that volume until they get wrecked, and then we just kind of deload from that and then repeat. And it's as simple as that. Rapid fire. Sure. Best advice for a runner. For a runner? If you want to get faster. If you want to get faster, check your mobility. Ankles, knees, hips, shoulders. Um, after that, get good at running. If you want to run faster, run fast. Um, uh, second, third thing would be increase your strength, right? If you can produce more power in the force, you can get better going on your running. Um, nutrition and sleep, those are the big five for me. What about for a weightlifter? Weightlifter, honestly, about the same thing. Um, get leaner. So just with any sport, any hobby, the leaner you get, the better you'll be at. So if you're for guys, if you're over 25% body fat, if you get below that, you're going to be not only healthier, but you perform better. Um, females, I usually say about 30%. If you can get about 30% or lower, you're at low risk of health issues, but also lean enough to perform well. Um, cool. And the same thing, just whatever you're trying to get better at, you got to do it. You just got to 
get the hours on there and, and get a coach, get someone to look at you and improve that, that ability. You mentioned something to me the other day about uh, the other 23. Can you elaborate yeah. on what that means? Yeah, so I talked to a lot of my athletes about that, right? So, you know, it's, it's easy when, hey, I'm going to go see this personal trainer or go and see, you know, dietitian or whatever. And, you know, you get an hour of time with them and like, okay, I just, I just got, you know, killed, feel great. And then you go and, and drink a 12-pack afterwards, right? Or you're sleeping two hours and you're super stressed out, right? And you're like, why am I plateauing, you know? So what I tell my athletes is you have an hour with me today, but you got 23 hours to screw it up. So we've got to make sure that you're spending the majority of time on the big ticket items that actually help you, right? Sleep is the number one. If I got someone who's, hey, I only sleep four hours a night, let's get your sleep better before you even try to exercise, right? Because you're just going to add more stress to your body and that's not going to help you out at all. Um, nutrition is the biggest thing that most folks, especially in America, right? Obesity is epidemic at this point. Um, just a bad understanding of what's good, what's bad, you know, fad diets, keto, you know, intermittent fasting, all these things, hot topic diet stuff too. Um, and they're good for certain people for certain things. The worst thing you can do is be on a keto diet as an athlete because you don't get any carbs. You need carbs for fuel. So yeah, it's great for losing weight if you're sitting on the couch all day. Um, but if you're trying to get stronger, bigger, faster, you need carbohydrates to fuel that workout. And you actually will get leaner because you're doing a good balance of that. A lot of people are not going to hear that. I know, they don't, yeah. Um, but it's true, I mean, I had a, um, athlete who did her first bodybuilding show and she won first place in her physique and everyone's like oh I bet you're eating nothing you right? you're starving yourself to death no I pushed carbs in her because I was like a full muscle is a hard-looking muscle so we put water we put sodium we put a lot of carbohydrates in her to fuel her workout so she could train better um, so it's about creating a balance um, it's about what you do throughout the day and what you do to fuel that activity if you're doing more than you're fueling, you're gonna lose weight. If you're doing less, you're gonna gain weight. It's as simple as that. Um, there's some other things that play into that, but overall it's about calories. Sweet. So I gotta be honest, mm -hmm. I love the tips. I'm picking up what you're putting down, uh, but I'm one of those guys that goes to the gym, uh, watches other people, or I YouTube, and I'm just kind of reluctant to spend money for a trainer. Um, I bet some of our listeners feel the same way. What would you say to that? Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, it's easy to go on Instagram and see what The Rock's doing because you're like, hey, I want to look at The Rock, right? I want to look. Yeah, who days. doesn't? Who doesn't, right? Um, so you look and see what he's doing. But The Rock's got 10 to 15 years of lifting experience. There's no way you coming off the couch is going to be able to do The Rock's program. So a better question is, what did The Rock first do when he first started, right? And then follow that plan, and then hopefully your genetics will allow you to get to that point. Um, but it's good to have someone who can keep you within those boundaries, right? And keep your goals realistic too. Uh, you know, me working in rehab, CrossFit, not to bang it or bash it, but they keep us in business because um, you get folks who never really worked out before, have bad mobility, have a pre-existing injury, and they're doing weightlifting movements like snatch cleans and jerks. And they're saying, hey, I just hurt my shoulder or just, that's how I met the runner. He was doing CrossFit, hurt his back, came in rehab, and then he got healed and he's seeing me and hasn't left me. Um, so one thing that's good about personal trainers is, or to see if you have a good one, is look at their nutrition rate. Do their clients stay with them, or are they trying to get new clients every month? Um, the folks I've had, I've had for years. I haven't had a whole lot of volume because I can't fit on my schedule. Um, to me, that's good. That means I'm providing a value that they keep coming back for. You get someone who's like, hey, yeah, I'm free. I can see you whenever. 
and then you have not to get someone off my schedule, they're just probably just doing something that you can get off of, off the website, mm -hmm. right? Um, so get someone that can help kind of accountability or whatever your goals are, but at the end of the day, you gotta make sure that you're getting something out of that too. And I try to make sure that I'm always checking that with, with my folks, say, hey, you know, what are you trying to do? Do you feel like you're getting what you need to and, and rolling it with that? Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is finding someone that can actually make you better than what you can make yourself become. Awesome. Yeah. Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Cool. Not a problem. I'm around. If you can't currently touch your toes, don't feel too bad. Remember, I couldn't either but hopefully you're feeling more inspired and it can be something we work on together. For more practical health tips and information, search Novant Health Healthy Headlines. Don't forget to rate us, review us, and subscribe to us and all of the Novant Health podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you choose to listen to us. Until next time, thanks for listening.